0: Hi, and welcome to the Church Unlimited podcast. Church Unlimited is a vibrant Bible-based church in North Lakes, Queensland, that is passionate about helping people discover the genuine love of Jesus. If you're currently looking for a new home church, we'd love for you to join us for Sunday worship from 4pm at North Lakes State College on the corner of Discovery Drive and Joiner Circuit. We hope you enjoy this great message from our Sunday service and come for a visit someday soon. Well, the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the call of God. We've been talking about waking faith up. We've been talking about all kinds of things. We had a presence of God session. Tonight, I thought it would be fitting to talk about Christmas, and uh, we're heading into Christmas. We've got the Christmas decorations out, and uh, I think Christmas is an incredible time of year. It is a time of joy and celebration. It's a time of family and loved ones and friends and presents. And it's a time of controversy. Christmas is quite controversial. Not just on the secular side of things, even on the Christian side of things. Christmas is quite controversial. On one hand, you have atheists who find it appalling that we would celebrate a so-called birth of a savior that they don't actually need saving from. Why would you do that? They do love the public holiday even though they haven't sent me a Christmas card saying thank you. As a result, they've rejigged the whole thing to be about some fat guy in a red suit, reindeer, snow everywhere in December, because that's a fantasy, (laughs) and strategically placed retail marketing to capitalize on those ignorant Christians. Further, we don't say Merry Christmas anymore. We say Happy Holidays. It's not just the atheists who've created controversy around Christmas, Many Christians have joined in the drama as well. Last Christmas, I was asked by a Christian in our church, why do we celebrate Christmas anyway? I looked at her seriously, and then she proceeded to say, it's a pagan holiday. Further, there is nowhere in the Bible that tells us that we should celebrate Jesus's birthday. Plus, Jesus was not born on the 25th of December. We have no idea when his birthday actually was. I was like, okay, okay. I guess nothing has really changed. Christmas has always been controversial. From the first Christmas, the coming of Christ over 2,000 years ago, we had a very insecure king, King Herod. And King Herod was so insecure and so terrified that the coming Messiah was going to eliminate his power and his rule that he plotted to murder every firstborn male who was under two years old. That is pretty controversial. When I think about this question, why do we celebrate Christmas, personally, I find it ridiculous on many levels. But I wanted to spend some time today looking a little bit deeper in why we celebrate Christmas because I believe it is important for us to know why we believe what we believe. Further, it's important to know why we do what we do and why we celebrate what we celebrate. So why do we celebrate Christmas? Is it because it's tradition? You know, we love the nostalgia, and it's what we've done always before. Maybe we do it because it's a pagan holiday, and we have truly conformed to the pattern of this world. Maybe it's because of Santa. We would actually rather worship the big guy, and he's become our new savior. Why do we, why do we celebrate Christmas? Maybe we celebrate Christmas because of the North Pole. We're desperately longing to be somewhere other than Australia at this time of year. I know why we celebrate Christmas. It's because of the elves. Because they're super weird and yet interesting. How do they make all those toys? I don't know why you celebrate Christmas, but I know why I celebrate Christmas. And at the Hensley family, we very much celebrate Christmas. For me, the answer is simple. We celebrate Christmas for the same reason that we celebrate anybody else's birthday. To honor and celebrate the fact that they have come into our lives. To give them a special day of honor. I celebrate Paula's birthday because she is the most significant person that has ever come into my life. And if I don't, it won't go well. (laughs) My life changed significantly when Paula came into it. I am not the same person that I used to be. She has changed everything in my life. I am such a better person and a better man having had Paula come into my life, and I love celebrating her birthday. I plot and scheme the present that I'm going to give her, and I can't wait. I can't buy it until the day before because I will give it to her 2 weeks or 3 weeks early if I I just can't wait to give it to her. She knows that's true. I love celebrating Paul's birthday. I love celebrating my children's birthdays. We just had Judah's birthday. He's 12. He's a preteen going into high school next year. And we love showering gifts on our children. We celebrate birthdays to honor and make people feel special for coming into our lives and blessing us. This is why we celebrate Christmas. Christmas is a two-part word. It's made up of the word Christ and mass. Christ is pretty easy to understand. It means Jesus or Messiah. But mass is a different word. It means the celebration of. And this celebration is done through liturgy or formal worship. In our case, we're not quite as formal, but we do love to celebrate. And so we choose to celebrate Christ. At this time of year, I think it's incredible that we can block. I mean, we celebrate Jesus every Sunday. To be honest with you, every Sunday, every day of the year, 365 days of the year is Christmas. It's Easter. It's communion. It's it's Jesus. Uh, to have a special day is, I don't know, I celebrate Paula most days of the year as well. Some days I don't. That's probably more on me than her. So... All right. What about not? All right. We, you know, we've talked about celebrating Christmas. What about Xmas? In 2015, we chose to make Christmas decorations as we do every year in our church. And that year, we decided to change things up a little bit. And in the middle of our stage was the word Xmas. That next Sunday, I had this one lady who had lost her mind. She comes bounding up to me in a huff and said, my family and I are leaving this church. We're not even going today. We're out. You are just like the rest of the world, taking Christ out of Christmas. I was like, whoa. She didn't even give me a chance to rebut. She was gone. She literally grabbed all of her children by hand and took them out. I was not disappointed. I was a little relieved. There are some people who come to me and say, James, we're thinking about maybe fellowshipping somewhere else. And I go, don't do it. Baby, come back. You can blame it all on me. And then there are other people. I'm like, let me help you with your things. Xmas is not as pagan as you might think. Just as I mentioned, the word Christmas comes from a combination of the word Christ and Mass. Chi, C H I, is the first letter in the Greek word for Christ. Chi, the symbol Chi in the Greek, is the letter X. So, where Xmas first came from was not from pagans taking Christ out of Christmas. It came from people putting the symbolic letter in its stead. In the early days, the Christian church, Christians used the letter X as a secret symbol to indicate their membership of church. And so when you see Xmas, please be relieved. (laughs) Please don't take all of your family out of our church. We're not taking Christ out of Christmas. By the way, that's not something we've chosen to do here at Church Unlimited. But if you see it around, relax. Jesus is still Jesus. (laughs) I want to share with you seven things that make Christmas significant. Number one, Christmas is significant because Scripture records it. Anything that is listed in Scripture is significant. The Bible is God's Word. It's the framework from which we base our lives. If something is in Scripture, it's in there for a reason. And we need to adjust our lives to conform to the Word of God. Further, Christmas story is recorded in Scripture twice in significant detail. Whenever something is mentioned in the Scriptures more than once, it's done so to emphasize its importance. Not only that, but the level of detail in the Christmas story emphasizes its importance. We see that Scripture foretells the coming of the Messiah. We see that Mary receives a word, a promise from God that she is going to conceive. That's incredible. The Scripture tells us that she was a virgin and the Holy Spirit came upon her and she had a miraculous conception. We see that then God downloads the name that she is to name her baby. The name Jesus which is symbolic with the name Messiah. The thing that you have to understand is that that in itself is quite controversial. Because at that time, the Jews were well and truly waiting for the coming of the Messiah. And there were as many as 40 to 50 people who had already named themselves Jesus Messiah trying to self-promote themselves into a place of being the Messiah. Because the Jews were eagerly waiting for this returning Messiah. I'm sure that when Mary hears the, you're going to have a baby. It's going to be a miraculous conception. I'm sure she's going, a what? I've never known a man. Don't worry. It will be a miracle. Oh, okay. What's his name? Jesus. Oh, not another one. (laughs) We've had a number of Jesus. But I'm sure when you get pregnant by God, you just go with it. His name is Jesus Emmanuel, which means God with us. It tells us how Joseph responds. It tells us of the angel's declaration, of King Herod's reaction, of the hardships in finding a room suitable. It tells us of the witnesses, the magi, the shepherds, the angels. It even tells us of the gifts that were brought. Christmas is significant Because scripture tells us that it is significant. Number two, Christmas is significant because it represents the coming of Christ. You can't have the death and resurrection of Christ annihilating sin if he hasn't first come. And so we choose the 25th of December, who knows where that actually came from, to represent the birth or the coming of Christ. We love to celebrate his death and his resurrection, but his birth is equally as significant because without it, you don't have death and resurrection. Jesus came to die, but before he could die, he had to first come, and he was born in the natural. I think the way that it is recorded of his coming, being in the natural, is a little perplexing because I often overemphasize the God nature of Jesus and forget that he was just as human as And scripture records that he was born just as a human would have been born. Christ represents the beginning of Father's plan for redemption. There has never been a bigger, more world-changing event or birthday than the birth of Jesus. His birth changed everything. Further, his coming was not figurative or metaphoric. It was flesh and blood. He was literally born. And so everything surrounding His birth changed the world as we know it. Even our calendar system now is around BC and AD. His literal coming changed everything. BC representing before Christ, and AD representing Agno Domine, which is in the year of our Lord. And so we are now in 2019, which is 2019 years recorded after the birth of Christ. Christmas is significant because it represents that Jesus came to us when we couldn't get to him. The third one is Christmas is significant because it's God's continual presence on earth. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 22, it says, So all this was done so that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel.'" which translates God with us. God with us. Notice the tense there. It's not future tense, God will be with us, nor is it past tense, which is God was with us. It's present tense, which is symbolic of the fact that God is, it's not symbolic, it's literal, that God is here with us at all times. His presence is always surround us. Jesus' presence is always present in the moment. This was the first and greatest Christmas present ever given, the continual presence of God. This doesn't happen without Christmas. Notice our calendar again. B.C., there was a time before Christ, and now we are in A.D., in the year of our Lord, which is a continual... In the year of our Lord, wait a minute, he died at around 33 A.D., no, he resurrected and is still, we are still in the year of our Lord because of the resurrection. Yeah. We would call it A.D. after death. That's what I used to think it was, before Christ and after death. But that's not true. Anno Domine, after death, speaks of a past tense event. Anno Domine, which says in the year of our Lord, is continually reiterating that we are in the presence of God. And so the very first Christmas was the the releasing of his presence on earth. That's another major reason that Christmas is so significant. Number four, we see the coming of joy to the shepherds and the, the angels declare, do not be afraid, I am bringing you good news that will cause you great joy to all people. I love how when angels show up, everybody's first reaction is, ah! It's because ever since the fall in the Garden of Eden, humanity has been living in sin and shame. We have been living in condemnation and we have not been very joyful. Every time an angel shows up, you fear that it's going to be a judgment angel. But now we have angels for the first time ever showing up and declaring, Hey, you used to be afraid, but don't be afraid anymore. Here, coming is joy. Joy that humanity has never known before. This should be one of the hallmarks of every Christian's life. When you come to Christ, there should be a releasing of joy in your life that you didn't have before. Some people have asked me the question, what's the difference between joy and happiness? And I don't know if this is scientifically proven, but this is my explanation. Happiness is an emotion. It comes and goes based on circumstances. But joy is a state of being that is released by the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. We know this because one of the fruits of Holy Spirit is joy. And so my happiness or my sadness might fluctuate based on my circumstances. But joy doesn't fluctuate because Jesus doesn't fluctuate. What does that mean? It means that when I'm having a bad day, I can still know the joy of the Lord. Even though I may not feel it, I might not be feeling a whole lot of joy right now. The joy of the Lord is still arresting my heart. And through the birth of Christ, we now see the joy of God being released through the good news. For such a long time, there was bad news. Bad news of the judgment and the wrath of God. But now we can know joy. Number five, we see the coming of Christ at Christmas is the coming of peace. Romans 5.10 tells us that we were the enemies of God. Since the fall in the Garden of Eden, humanity was cut off and separated through sin. And as a result of that separation, we were enemies of God, subject to the judgment and the wrath of God. But now we see that the angels come and decree peace on earth and goodwill to all mankind. Christ represents a shift in God's attitude towards humanity because Christ fulfills all judgment, condemnation, and guilt of sin in the death and resurrection of the cross. And so we see that God is no longer looking at the earth with judgment, looking at us as enemies, but he now, this is an ushering of a new time of peace with God, where God is not angry with you. I tell people, you should come to church. And they say, oh, if I went to church, the roof would cave in. Have you heard that before? If I went to church, the roof would cave in. Some people believe that God is the Bruce Almighty God. You know, the big mean kid on an anthill with a magnifying glass trying to smite. And then he, then he says, smite me, you almighty smiter. So many people live with this idea that God is a judgment, wrath, fire-breathing, waiting to smash us. But that is not what God is. God is now the God of peace. Christ, his coming, his birth at Christmas is the ushering of a new era of peace and goodwill. Yeah. Further to that, I've talked to people and they've had bad circumstances happen in their lives, and then this is what they say. They say, Well, I guess I deserve that. Guess I deserve that. Oh, yep, brought that on myself. That is a typical response to cause and effect. I made a mistake, I'm going to wear the consequences of that mistake. I am a sinner. I am worthy of the judgment of a justice God. But that's not how God works with us anymore. Christ is a cause that created an effect that we don't deserve. Christ's death and resurrection brought grace to us that I don't have to walk around kicking myself, saying, oh, better get what I deserve. Now, now there is the principle of sowing and reaping, and that's a different thing. But we have to understand that God doesn't look down on us from heaven angry. He looks down on us and sees Christ because of Christmas. We have been justified and are now at peace. Have you seen the bumper sticker that gets around? I think I've got it up here. It says, no Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, no peace. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. So here's a cool thing. You can now, through the Holy Spirit, know his joy even when you're not feeling it. There can be a joy that arrests your heart. And there can be peace that surpasses your understanding and guards your heart and guards your mind. And it's all because of the coming of Christ. I don't have to live in fear, worry, and and anxiety Scripture tells me to be anxious for nothing. And so here's the thing. Some of us feel like anxiety. Well, that's just a part of life. Oh, yeah. It's my anxieties again. We actually have come to accept our anxieties as truth. Let me talk to you about the difference between truth and facts. Fact, you might have anxiety. Truth, what the Word of God says. Scripture trumps every other fact. Fact. Doctor's report said you have this, truth, by his stripes you have been healed. We need to learn how to separate these two things. This is where the Bible talks about taking our thoughts captive. So I take this wild, anxious thought captive, and I hold it over here and I go, yes, fact, I am really wrestling anxiety right now. Truth, peace on earth and goodwill to mankind. I can know the peace of the Lord. This is why peace is lift, listed as one of the fruits of the Spirit. There are so many tongue talking, falling down and rolling on the round on the ground people that do not live in peace. But God wants to administer peace into our lives. and so Christmas is significant because it is the first time ever humanity can know peace that we don't need to be anxious and wrestling. Number six, Christmas is significant because of salvation. Of course it's significant because of salvation. Christ's whole purpose in coming was to ultimately die as the perfect sacrifice for us. Through Christmas and Christ's birth, we see that he's able to fulfill that mission. There is no salvation without Christmas. We have been saved from God's perfect judgment. Now we are at peace. Here's the last one. Might invite the worship team to come back. Christmas is significant because... With Christ's coming came our adoption and our belonging. Not only does Christmas represent our salvation, but it represents our adoption back to our Father. We know that God orchestrated all of this. Uh, Scripture tells us that God so loved the world that He sent that we had Christmas. That it was God's plan all along that through Christmas... We can know his redemption and his adoption back into the family of God. Scripture even calls us the sons and daughters of God. You are not God's minion. You are not God's slave. You are not God's worker or God's helper. You're God's son and you're God's daughter. That came from Christmas. The whole life of Christ... Christmas is significant because it is the beginning of restored relationship with our Father. I got another question for you. So, what about Santa? Let me say this true Christmas is not about Santa. In fact, I struggle with anything that competes with the glory of Jesus. Where Santa competes with the glory of Jesus, that's just not me. That's, we don't celebrate Santa in our household. I know some people do and just don't let Santa compete with the glory of Jesus. However, Santa is a symbol to the world and we are called to reach the world. When you go fishing, it's inevitable that you get nasty pilchards and you get out your knife and you chop one in half and the guts hang out and and you get the blood running down your elbow and it's gross get it a little bit on you you bait your hook you throw it in the ocean before too long you get a nice coral trout hooks onto that bad boy and you reef it up and it was all worth it Paul says I have become all things to all men that I might by some means win some. What he's actually referring to is uh, eating certain meals. For the Jews, there were so many things that they could and could not do. But Paul has said, I am willing to flex on some of those legalistic law moments that we could bring grace to people who are destined to spend eternity separated from Father. I believe that that applies to us with Santa. And so what's the point? Santa is like a disgusting pilcher. (laughs) don't really like him. I don't go fishing to play with pilchers. (laughs) That's what my kids do. My kids love playing with them, they're gross. No, I'm just gonna bait my hook and we're gonna go fishing for people. Christ calls us to be fishers of men. And so let me say this about Santa. I think it's also a bad thing when the church takes a high and mighty judgmental position towards people on Santa. Because how can I expect you to subscribe to my moral code or my spiritual code when you don't know my savior. And so I don't have a problem with Santa. I have a problem with the devil. Santa is not the devil. Santa is an imaginary character that people created to somehow justify we don't believe in Jesus. So our issue is not with Santa. So be careful that you don't go hard on people because the world is crying out for the truth and we need to be ready. What about presence? Of course presence. (laughs) Of course. If you've ever read the Love Languages book, I am words of affirmation and gifts. So when I get down from this. I expect a good job and I expect a Christmas present. My shoulder will be waiting. Of course presents. Christmas and presents go together like peas and carrots. They just go together. Father was the first gift giver at Christmas. He gave us Jesus. He gave us his presents. He gave us his joy. He gave us his peace. He gave it. Further, the Magi come to Jesus, and they didn't come empty-handed. They came with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I guess the guy who, who uh, brought myrrh was probably looking at the other two going, I thought we had a spending limit. We agreed on 50 bucks. You brought frankincense, you brought gold, and I went to the dollar store and got some myrrh. He didn't get the memo. Of course we do presents at Christmas. Christmas is the greatest gift of all because God gave us Jesus. Christmas is a holiday that celebrates the generosity of God. It's His love and action. So the question is not should we celebrate Christmas? The question is should we celebrate Jesus? That's the question. People respond to that question in three different ways. First they respond like King Herod they hate him Jesus king of my life no thank you I'm quite happy being king of my own life I actually don't believe that there is any such thing as atheists it's kind of a controversial thing to say when someone says to me I'm an atheist I say no you're not you believe in God you just think you're God (laughs) and no one else is going to tell you differently no, no. For me to have a king means I am not king. And I don't like that. Because I like being the king of my little castle and doing whatever I want to do. And so people respond like Herod because they hate the idea of anything coming against their little kingdoms. Number two, people respond indifferently. Nah. This is the innkeeper. He was too busy to realize what was right in front of him. He had the miracle of God come to his front door and he was so busy or lazy that he couldn't be bothered to open the door to receive. So many people are busy doing their own things. They can't stop to see the gift of God that is available. One of my favorite scriptures is found in Jeremiah 29, chapter 13, uh, verse 13. It says, if you seek God with your whole heart, you will find Him. We can't be like the innkeeper with our fingers in our ears or busy on our iPhones or wrapped up in our work. We can't afford to be like the innkeeper. The third way is, to bow and surrender your life that's the shepherds and the Magi they heard of Jesus and they urgently sought after him they were willing to follow a random star I'm certain that there would have been moments where they would have said did we really see the angels or was that just a weird dream that we ate last night no no let's keep seeking let's keep seeking let's keep seeking and then they get to Jesus and they bow. I believe that all of us have a response to Christmas. All of us need to have a response to Jesus. You can either be like King Herod and fortify your walls to try to protect your kingdom. You can be like the innkeeper that's a bit meh. You can be like the shepherds who chose to give up what they were doing to go and seek the one that could change their lives and so my question to you tonight is which one are you? are you the shepherds at this time of year at this time of Christmas that are urgently seeking Jesus maybe you're the innkeeper that's so busy with your job trying to make money that you don't have time to open the door and let him in Or maybe you're the hard hearted king that refuses to let him in. Thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this message. We pray that you and your family are richly blessed in the love and grace of Jesus. If you're ever in the area, we'd love to have you join us for Sunday worship.